Okay, welcome everybody to the latest edition of Ed Talks. Um, I'm actually looking quite like my avatar for a change, wearing a suit, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and before I explain why we're sitting here talking, just to introduce Alexander Ali, who's sitting here on my immediate left, who runs a company called Finch, Finch App. That's correct, Finch, Finch. yeah. Uh, which we'll explain more in a minute. And Tim, you've met before on one of my podcasts. Tim is the CEO of a company called Pips. They provide what is effectively a data room for the... Uh, private treaty market. Um, I'm on the edge talking because these are going to be the two important people who are, who are being talked about um, and a lot of you will be listening to this anyway so you won't care where I sit. Um, you will be well aware I'm sure as agents who will be mostly the people listening to this that very very shortly and we are rumoured, the, the rumours suggest that within the next couple of weeks two things, two very important things are going to happen. One is that trading standards are going to tell us what is going to form part of the material information required for estate agents to, to provide to buyers. Um, we've had A in the past, which is very simple, price, tenure, EPC type information, but the B and C bits are the most important things and that's going to be announced shortly. And the other thing that's happening is that the Home Buying and Selling Group is going to be giving a directive on how they see the future of uh, this upfront information and how it's produced. And I think it is fair to say that the single most important thing that this is going to produce is not necessarily about what the information is. It's about how that information is going to be communicated to all the parties involved. And those listening or watching this know you've got a seller, a buyer, you've got a buyer solicitor, a seller solicitor, and then you've probably got some mortgage brokers. So there's an awful lot of serious people who need serious information. And at the moment, with property transactions taking, I'm not even going to try and quote what the periods are. It's ridiculous. It's sort of three or four times as long as it was when I started in this game in 1979. It's, it's madness. This is all designed to speed that up. So that is two minutes explaining why we're talking about what we're talking about. I've explained that PIPs produce a data room, which is going to be undoubtedly, to my mind, one of the simple, straightforward, agnostic type places people can go to stash information uh, about a transaction. It could be anything from searches right the way through to simple information on white goods and all this sort of thing. But it can be accessed by anybody. So it doesn't matter whether you're a buyer, solicitor, a buyer, the agents. It doesn't matter. It can be accessed in one place. And that is going to be an incredibly important part of what the home buying and selling group is going to produce. And this is available straight away. The second bit, and the reason we're here talking about this together, is that what Alexander's company does at Finch is it effectively digitises all the forms that people have got to use or could use in the process. You put those two things together and you've got a very large part in measure of what's going to be required and is going to put any of you ahead of the game with simple agnostic tech. So let me just, just get Alexander to explain briefly. Finch, tell me a bit about Finch and how it started. Yes, of course. So Finch started in around 2021. Uh, my background has been in prop tech since 2008, and I've helped uh, residential estate agents, uh, mostly you know, enterprise scale agents uh, in my career. I've been familiar with the data challenges that residential agents have faced. Um, and we actually got started with collecting bank details, uh, as it happens. 
um, as we knew that bank details were coming in that were sometimes uh, uh, just provided incorrectly, somebody receives it over the phone and they type it into their CRM wrong, and then suddenly, for instance, rent's going to the wrong bank account the first time that rent needs to be paid. So it was really about how can we get better quality data into estate agents, and digitization is the answer. And we see this with upfront information as well. So. Um, you know, as we took that idea forwards and we're like, okay, we're going to collect bank details. It started to become more than that. It started to become, okay, we're going to collect everything about the customer. We'll find out all the information that we need to be compliant to get a property onto the market, to get a customer signed up with the women estate agent. Um, and we will do that in a way which is as digital as possible, as easy as possible for the, for the customer. Um, and uh, yeah, we these days we help with a wide variety of, of data requirements for estate agents, um, and the material information is is part of that, which is you know, why I'm here today. Okay, well, thank you. And um, if people want to go and look at it, it's finch-app.com, is that right? That's correct. That's the web address. Yeah. Okay, so go and have a look at that if you're listening or whatever. Go and have a look at it. You'll see exactly what what Alexander does. Tim, just refresh our memory as to what. Uh, a pit vault, a, a pit logbook, whatever you want to call it, what it is and, and what it can do. A pit vault is a, is a very simple data room, uh, but since we launched, we've added a number of features to it. So we now offer searches, so we can do funded searches. So from day one of instruction, uh, we will actually fund the searches as long as we're paid on success uh, at the end. So there's no actual cost to the seller on that. And, uh, and I know, Ed, you've shared some fantastic figures uh, before on, uh, on the success of maybe even asking the buyer to pay actually at the point of sale for that. I think you get the benefits of a reservation agreement without any complicated legal um, yeah. document. Um, and obviously material information is something else we can add into the, into the pit vault. And we're looking to add in um, hopefully shareable ID. So the ID for the seller can be done once and then usually with the agent at the start of the process, but when a solicitor, mortgage broker uh, comes along, uh, surveyor, they can, they, they've got their ID done, the seller, and they can share a link from the ID through the Okay. Table. I mean, I think it's fair to say that, I mean, somebody who listened to this will know that I'm, I'm a fan of what Tim's doing. And I think that anybody who's ever bought a property at auction is always amazed how you can buy a property at auction with the, on the smashing of the gavel and wondering how on earth that works. And of course, that works because anybody who's looking to, who's any potential buyer has access to a data room which has all the information in it. So what a pit vault is, is very simply the same thing, but for the private treaty market. And indeed, one of the original founders and investors is someone um, who founded a company called the Essential Information Group. And if you're in auctions, the Essential Information Group is effectively the, the holy bible for all the data that goes into the auction industry. So you'll see that it's a very, very well established um, proposition with, with tens of millions of downloads over the years for exactly this sort of thing. So the tech is there ready to go and proven. So, um, Alexander, how do you think the what you're doing can speed up? I mean, do you have any empirical figures about how it speeds things up? What's your view of what the perfect scenario would look like going forward? Give us a little bit about your view of how you can help and where you would like to be in a little bit of time. So I think with uh, what we do in terms of collecting information, it's not necessarily about it being faster. I think that certainty in the buying transaction is the priority mm. overall. It's not to say that this is exclusive to speed. Some people would like to be very certain about their property transaction and have it done very quickly. But um, certainly knowing when um, what, you know, my transaction will complete in a sale 
is important. You know, if it's going to take three months, then it takes three months. But as long as I can plan for that, that's, that's good for the consumer. So what I'm really referring to with our work is there are forms and paperwork to fill in. This has always been true with estate agents, uh, with consumers, there's, there's things to supply. But how do we gather this information in such a way that it's easy for the consumer to supply it or the different parties involved in the transaction to supply it? And how can we do this in a way which improves the quality of the data that's being received? So part of the puzzle, I think, is getting information from authoritative data sources. So for instance, what can we collect from HMN registry? Well, yeah, clearly there's title registers and documentation and bits and pieces that we can pull in from that source. There's information that we can pull in from the EPC register. There's lots of different data sources out there where you can rely uh, on the information that's being received. So Finch's role is really as a sort of uh, data exchange, so to speak. This is collecting information from external sources who know information about my deal or information about my property or information about myself. It's also collecting information directly from these customers. So you know, we'll ask them questions about what it is that the, the, their sale that they are providing information about their property. And we will then uh, effectively stamp that uh, in a trustworthy way so that we know what information was collected from where um, and begin that data lifecycle. Because I think that this conversation about data that we're having around property and improving the speed of property transactions, I see it in my head as three phases. Um, there's the phase of the collection and origin of data. There's the transport of data, which is where and how it moves between the different parties involved in the transaction. And there's the storage of data. So you know, all the industry has to come together to solve these individual problems. So you know, on the PIP side, you, you, you have the, the data, you know, the property logbooks, and there you're talking about the storage of data, but also that links back into the transport of data and how that then goes to other places like the portals, like the estate agents, like the lenders. Um, uh, but also that origin of data is very important as well because that's where the, the trust chain begins. And the trust is a, is a big, you know, the, the trust part of this is, is half of the problem. Because if I receive information, I need to know that it's verifiable. Now, I think you can hear this man's quite passionate about what he does. Um, one of the things I would say is that when you talk about the pulling in of the data, what you guys are doing is translating that into a digital format that everybody else can then see. Absolutely. So we take the data... Uh, yeah, as a user, I can log on to uh, a form, a digital form, and I can input data points into that form. Because we hold that at the, at the digital data point level, it's not going into a PDF or a big blob of, of information that then has to be uh, technically retrieved again. We have, storage yeah, we have, capacity we have clarity of yeah. what has been provided, who provided it, when was it provided. Even you know, what what location was this piece of data yeah, yeah. provided in? That those sorts of data points and the metadata is all collected. What that then allows you to do is downstream when you want to provide somebody else with information, it doesn't so much matter anymore whether it is a TA6 Law Society property information form or whether it was a BASPI form at home buying and selling group form. You can take those data points and you can output them to the different uh, uh, way that the person on the other end wants to receive them. So if they want to receive the BASPI format information, they can receive that. If they prefer the TA6, they can receive that. If they want to receive so machine-readable information, you can use something like the Property Trust da Data uh, Framework um, 
uh, what exchange of information. These data standards are, are crucial. Yeah. You know, the, the data standards are going to be what solves these problems by the industry accepting a standard. So for instance, if you take finance and banking, they use an ISO standard to, to determine how a payment will be made. That's how all the different banks agree that when I make a payment to Tim, or he makes a payment to me, and where you're on different banks, that that actually works. Um, I think we need similar things in this industry. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, I agree. I, I, I've been part of the industry forum and previously on the, on the property ombudsman board, and I know there is an enormous amount of talking about this at the moment, and certainly the directives at the Home Buying and Selling Group are coming out with them, particularly the announcements on material information, are all very well. And one of the things I've been talking to Tim about in the past is the fact that it's all very well having all this information. And by the way, I think for the first time, what you're saying makes perfect sense. It doesn't matter where the information comes from, you're putting it in a format where people can share it quite easily. And that is what, to me, is simple and makes so much sense. What Tim and I were talking about in the past is the fact that there's lots of information coming up. Where the hell do you store it so everyone can get and get it? Originally, the concept of the of, of the of the data on the pit vault was was very simplistic, which was just that it was going to be a, effectively a bucket where you could throw everything in, and, and everyone could then look at the bucket and see what it was. Of course, that's a rather basic analogy. The fact now is that there are so many parties needing to plug into this that if they can plug into something which has got digitized sensible data in a place where they can simply see it by getting being given a link and a password that sounds to me like it's got to be the simplest thing i mean tim talked earlier about the other bits and pieces getting in we're not here to talk about the id and that sort of stuff for the moment but i think this sounds like a really sensible uh, methodology for and what really excites me is the fact that people are waiting to hear what's going to happen. Actually, to be fair, a lot of you who are listening to this probably aren't waiting for it. You're just thinking, oh, God, whenever it comes out, we'll think about it. But actually, you are going to have to do something with it. And if you can do something cheaply, I mean, I know from a data from a data room perspective, is it is it free? How does it work, Tim? Um, it's free. Some of the services are a small subscription, but uh, the, the, the vanilla service is, is free. Yeah, it's free. And what about what you do? Expensive, cheap? How would you how would you, you characterise? <laughs> I characterise that we deliver the, the, the value that our agent customers expect. Um, so, in terms of the customers that we work with, when these changes come into effect, they know that we can deliver the updates to their onboarding forms uh, very quickly, very easily, and that they will have the data entering their business that they need to remain. Okay, compliant. but give the listeners some idea of cost for this. So some idea of cost for, for what we charge is around £20 a user. Uh, we find that most branches are paying around 30 to £40 for our services at the moment. Okay, and that's that effectively buys them everything per transaction, does it? Yes, that's, that's right. So for that, for that fee, the data that's coming into the business for things like uh, customer onboarding, landlord onboarding, vendor onboarding, property information forms, tenancy offers, tenancy agreements, even you know, if you have a new homes department, new homes reservations, if you have a finance department getting customer declarations and all sorts of different agreements into your business, uh, we tend on a branch, uh, to find on a branch basis that that's the, okay. the sort of fee area that we're in. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, with the amount of money people are talking about in terms of fee income, rents have been on the way up, so you know, fee income from rentals is on the way up. It sounds like a fairly small price to pay for being compliant. Uh, sensible. Well, one of the things you mentioned actually back there, which I think a lot of people forget about, is that 
The whole point of this exercise, and it might not bother you as a seller, but as an agent, it should be helpful further on down the line, is that, of course, once you've got all that information, it's stored somewhere sensibly where you can then have access to it in the future. That's correct. Um, which is, which I know is half the point of a logbook, but I mean, you know, it's what you're, it's what you're talking about being able to provide for a relatively modest sum. I mean, if you, I mean, I would have thought that what you've got, you've been producing for a very small annual subscription with everything in it. Absolutely. I, I think logbooks are, are seen as the store, but I think with technology as it is nowadays, it's not just a filing cabinet. Sometimes it's a filing cabinet with a link to somewhere else, because actually often you want to be looking at live data. So if I use a council tax as an example, you want to press a button and not see what the council tax was five years ago when you bought the place. You want to see what the current payment rate is now. Well, I know what we at Douglas and Gordon used to call the itch cycle. When I first started in 1979, I think everyone moved about every sort of two or three years. And now it's about, I forgot what the figure is, it's something like 17 years or something horrendous. <laughs> you know. yeah. So you definitely will need to. But of course, a lot of people do move more often than that. And People forget that you pay this money to have all these forms digitised. You pay, I say all this money, you pay a relatively modest sum to have it um, digitised. Then you put it in a logbook, um, in a data room logbook, whatever. And it's there for forever. It can just be passed on and passed on at nominal cost. So well, we see a logbook is for, the, for, for a property's life. So you might even start with the original building, if it's a new build, building drawings, materials, everything else. Yeah. And three owners down the line, they might want to do some renovations well, they, or, or changes, alterations, yeah. extensions. They've got the information to tie into. They write down to the building drawings. Uh, it's going to make a huge... Well, look, I'm very pleased to be able to sit here with these guys and talk about something that is clearly very simple. It's clearly very topical because you're about to hear all the announcements on it. And it is going to be recommended, I think, that certainly these two parts, i.e. the ability to have somewhere where everybody can communicate from a central place and to have the information digitised, those are going to be two of the most important things. And you can get those both, well, I would hesitate to suggest at the moment you can get them all in one place. I know these two guys are talking at the moment, but do go and have a look at piphome.co.uk and finch-app.com. So go and have a look at what these guys are doing. And I really think that actually, if you were to go and look at this as you're reading this, you'd almost be ready to go by the end of the month when these announcements are made. And you can turn around and say, yep, we're good to go. Thanks very much for listening.